It's the only wrestling podcast on earth with one two-time X Division champion. Probably just going to stay two times forever now. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> the man behind the man behind the man in Impact Wrestling, my best friend and yours. That's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? Riot Fest. By the time this airs, it's over. I'm excited. Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. It's touring season. This guy's out rocking the mullets off your head. Lars, I don't know. Each week it changes, right? I, yeah, I, don't, know if our tar- I don't know if our target demographic has a mullet. Not anymore. <laughs> no. Maybe back in like the 80s. Possibly. Can I hold on to your fanny packs because here comes <laughs> Lars Fredrickson. Oh, now, now, you, now you're describing like a Euro festival where they all wear leather trousers and fanny packs. But yeah. that's, you know, but they love punk music there, right? They do indeed. So can you carry on with this awesome introduction of my company? Lars Fredrickson. Thank you. And guys, one of the most salt of the earth people. This is a guy that uh, I, I like to think I quickly became friends with. I enjoyed hanging out and talking to this guy. He's been, he had no reason to talk to me on earth, but he gave me his undivided attention. It really made me feel special. And I'm excited. I think I'm, I've been giddy all week because this is one of my fastest climbing favorite wrestlers just because A, he's nice. B, I enjoy his body of work. That's the second generation wrestler, Dave Finley. How's it going, everybody? Quick correction. I am actually a fourth-generation professional wrestler, but that's okay. And you're actually my second favorite Finley. It's Chuck Finley, then you, then your dad. <laughs> well, at least I'm my dad. I'm happy about that. <laughs> what, Lars? Well, I saw Chuck Finley throw uh, the two. He, he's got a major league record of throwing uh, two four-strike innings. Four strikes? Did- yeah, he did it against the Oakland A's, which I was at the game, and then he did it against the Detroit Tigers, where I was at the game. It was when he pitched for the Angels. Oh, probably because of a pass ball or something like that. Yeah, okay. so, it's, so he had four strikeouts in an inning. It was like, I think it's a major league record still. So, but sorry, I digress. Fit Finley the second, or <laughs> David Finley the second. Fourth Whatever you want to call me. Dave, <laughs> thank you for coming on this podcast. I'm excited. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to start the questioning off. And a lot of these wrestlers we talked to were like, oh, the forbidden door is open. Hey, oh, who would you like to do? What would you like to do this? And very few times we actually have someone that's not only walked through the forbidden door, but kicked it down. And here you are now. Almost impact is like your second home is first and foremost, I guess, for everybody. I, I'm going to have to ask, what's the difference in the feel in the locker rooms of the two companies? Uh, Well, Right off the bat, Impact doesn't have a language barrier, so that's really nice. I can go and be friends with everyone and, uh, you know, be myself, have a good time, hang out with all the boys. Uh, Yeah, it's just – it's a completely different uh, environment. Um, It's nice not being on the road for weeks and weeks on end. It's nice coming in for, like, a weekend. So, uh, every like, spirits are always high, I feel like, at Impact. Sometimes towards an an end of a tour in New Japan, a couple of us will be like, ah, well, we're ready to go home. but that's the nature of the beast. Well, I, what I want to know is, well, first off, there is a little bit of a language barrier and impact, you know, me speaking Canadian and, you know. <laughs> we have to have this transcribed, believe it or not, because people yes. understand. So, so basically you have to lose a couple of chromosomes to understand. <laughs> oh, or, or gain a couple. All right. However you want to look at it. But uh, what I want to know is, you know, with this forbidden door thing, like how did, so I was, okay. I get the scripts. Okay. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, 
fin juices here. I'm like, this is sweet. Like how, like, so I want to know is who, who con like who contacted you? Did you reach out to impact? Did they reach out to you? Like, you know, was it, was it Rocky that, you know, hooked everything up? Like how did that all happen? Uh, so I got a text from Rocky one day, like, Hey man, do you and uh, juice want to do impact? So of course, then I like text juice real quick. I'm like, we're obviously going to do impact, right? Like there's no way we're saying no to this. Um, especially with like, uh, COVID restrictions in Japan and just travel restrictions and all that. We're kind of like, we spent the last year sitting on our ass kind of, and, uh, I like staying busy. Like I love wrestling and when I don't get to do it, it's, I'm not as happy. So, uh, it was just, it was an opportunity to just get back in the ring. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and we were kind of off to the races and we've loved every minute of it. Well, you know, one of the questions I wanted to ask was, you know, you obviously cut a lot of your teeth over in Japan. And you can always tell the wrestlers who sort of have done that when they come back to America. Um, do you find that that in, in, in any way sort of helped you in a sense of uh, adapting to more of a, a, a let, me, let me rephrase that. Did it help you to, to have that style to adapt in other places? A hundred percent. I've been in Japan for almost seven years now. I went over there when I was 21 years old. So uh, for me, it's like pretty much where I learned all my wrestling. So I, I really think it gave me the tools uh, necessary to go and attempt to be successful in America. Um, and I, f- I feel like I'm doing pretty well. I feel pretty confident in my abilities uh, at Impact. And most importantly, I'm just like having fun with it. Like I'm enjoying everything I'm doing. Uh, going back to the whole Impact thing, was it almost, and I know you guys all know each other now. There's... You know, there's not a lot of separation throughout the companies, but did it have that first day of school feeling when you first walked back in that locker room? Did you not know what to expect? Did you think, all right, maybe they're not going to be open to having a couple guys from a different company come in and make a run at their belts right off the bat? Uh, that's a very good way of phrasing it is the first day of school feeling because uh, we knew a couple, or at least I knew a couple people. I knew Sammy Callahan because he had a tour over in Japan um, and like a handful of other guys, Saban. Uh, there's another one that comes to mind. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was like very much first day of school. Like, all right, well, hey, what's up? I'm David uh, trying to figure out where you fit in. And then um, it was a nice surprise. Everyone was super cool. Like everyone's good people there. And uh, to my um, pleasant surprise, I found out Impact actually has like a lot of talent, which made me very happy <laughs> as well. It's something I, I wasn't aware of. Uh, more talent than I realized. Uh, so that, that's that's been a nice uh, discovery. All right. Well, I'll, I'll bring the mood down a bit. So when you guys first came, no, I, Hey, I'm sorry, but uh, when you guys first came in, you know, I was really excited and all that kind of stuff. And we, I believe at the time it was empty arenas. Right. And you know, you and juice came in and I was like, I I don't know what it was. Maybe I just have, uh, I'm a big fan of both of you. And I had like super big high hopes. Like you guys were going to blow the roof off the place, even though there was no fans. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, Oh, okay. But then after like a couple of weeks there, I was like, you, you guys kept getting like better and better and better. And I don't know, like, I felt like maybe there was some sort of like, I don't know. What, what, what was the change? Like, did you guys just get more comfortable working in that atmosphere? Or was it maybe it was like, you know, the empty arena is like, you never did that before. And it was like, ah, oh, this kind of sucks, which I agree. It does suck. But like, I, I've seen you guys progress through the company in the short time you were there. Like, what do you feel like the, the, the change was? Do you feel like you guys just got more comfortable or whatever? Yeah, I think it was just learning a new style of wrestling. Cause in Japan, it's, it's not 
mm-hmm. it's not TV wrestling. It's a live event. Um, so just like adapting from that into like TV wrestling, I think took, I, cause I've never done it. Um, and then juice hadn't done it since he left NXT. So, uh, I think he was rusty and I was just inexperienced at it. So it, we're kind of learning on the go, um, with all this. So yeah, it was, it was just like a new experience for us and just trying to figure out like, all right, well, what works, what doesn't, you know, what works better? What, <laughs> what do we stay away from? So yeah, it's just like a learning curve for us. Now, what about just to follow up there? Cause you guys were in the empty arenas and like back in March, I think it was, I don't, that was my first time doing an empty arena match. Uh, I know it was like super awkward and just like, really, I don't, nothing I've ever done before. H- how did you feel about it? Honestly, like, how did you feel about it? Well, I was at that point, I was kind of like mm, accustomed to doing them. Uh, okay. Cause I did a couple with new Japan for like new uh, Japan strong and the U S taping. So like, same right. thing. You're just like, it's weird when it's like a cameraman, a referee and two dudes in tights and no one's there. And like, you have to fight each other. It's a very weird feeling of like, all right, I like got to get into this somehow. So uh, yeah. So like at that point, like I, I, at least I felt like I was kind of used to it. Um, or at least like it wasn't uh, a dominating thought in my mind, at least. Uh, but yeah, I'm very happy that people are back. It's way better with fans. Well, you know, I mean, you're a fourth generation wrestler. Okay. And I'm assuming that you were born overseas just because of who your father was. I was. So you're, was it something that you always wanted to do? Did you always want to be a pro wrestler? Like for my kids, they don't want to have anything to do with music at this moment at all. And they tell me how bad my band is, but (laughs) whatever, put shoes on their fucking feet. So when they're watching, (laughs) remember, remember who's boss. But my point is, is that, was this something that like you totally wanted to do or was it something that you were kind of maybe, eh, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I can't remember a time that I didn't want to be a wrestler. I grew up immersed in wrestling. There's pictures of me at like six months old, hanging onto the bottom rope, trying to stand up. <laughs> um, I, I was born in Germany and that's where my family was living at the time. So my dad would, was working, traveling wherever, you know, we would go, we lived in a little caravan. And we'll travel around and then we didn't move to the states until i was like four years old once he got picked up by wcw but yeah like wrestling was that's all i knew um i'd go to the shows with my dad my mom would be there you know like that was our life was wrestling uh and then once we came here same thing it was like dad's on tv but like this is still all i wanted to do and i to this day never really wavered from that wrestling and wrestlers especially the old guys have a very long memory in your dad has a very ornery represent. Rep- uh, rep- uh, can't even say the word reputation. There, thanks, bud. Uh, did you kind of when you got in the wrestling business? Were there a few guys that was like, "Hey, you know, I owe your old man one. I'm gonna take it out on you." <laughs> That's uh, I don't think so. But also, like, I was I was pretty oblivious to a lot of things in my younger days, so maybe um but not for the most part everyone's been really really good to me and really taking good care of me um so i guess he must have done something right well with with fit being your since we're on this topic right now with fit being your dad i mean okay i got kids right like i i always i always like i'm concerned that they're gonna want to follow in my foot like your dad big superstar of me i'm just pd williams whatever nothing 
but I'm concerned since, you know, my kids watch me on TV. They're like, daddy, I want to be like you or whatever. Um, was that the same feeling for you? I know you grew up in the wrestling ring and stuff, but were you like, yeah, I want to do it because my dad's doing it and he's my role model. Or was it just like something you fell in love with? Um, I think in the beginning it was definitely like, uh, my dad's my role model and I want to be like him. And then, um, when, when I finished, cause right before I finished high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to go take a year off. Cause I think I want to wrestle, but I'm not sure. I had the same question I was asking myself, like, do I want to do this? Or I just want my dad's approval. Um, and my parents never really pushed me in any direction. Like do whatever makes you happy and go do it to the best of your abilities. That's all they said. So they were happy with whatever I did. So yeah, I took a year off, went and traveled around Africa. Came back oh. and was like, yep, definitely want to wrestle. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. So uh, Africa, was yeah. that like wrestling related or just like your own personal? No, I went and like volunteered and stuff. But PJ Black actually hooked me up with a wrestling promotion in Cape Town. So I did end up wrestling in South Africa. Oh, awesome. Wow. Well, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to meet your dad. And he's a super nice, really cool dude. So and treated me with a lot of respect. So. Hello to him for me, but I want to get off the subject and talk about just your upbringing, because like you said, you were born in Germany and, you know, and having parents from, you know, obviously not from the United States and you kind of are, are you kind of grow up in a different way. Like my mom was a Danish immigrant. So, you know, you, your, your household is a way different than the typical American household. Do you find that just being exposed to so many different kinds of cultures maybe helped you on your road? when you were, while well, you went to Japan and all of, all these other places? Um, I would say so. I think it uh, helped me kind of like connect with people on like a personal level, just cause I, I'm, I guess growing up in like a multicultural home with a dad that traveled a lot. Yeah. You just kind of understand like, oh, people just do life differently. And it, it, to me, that's really cool to go and see how other people do life, you know, wherever you go, everywhere is a little bit different. There's some similarities and there's some differences. And I, I, that's the cool part about traveling in this job and getting to see all that. You're well, I'm sorry, Dennis, just because, you know, my mom had a really, really thick Danish accent. So I can, I, and when somebody's speaking English with an accent, it's really easy for me to clue into it. You know what I mean? So it's just like those little things that, and like sometimes we'll be in England and the other band members will be like, what the fuck did he just say? And it's like, I was just going down to the corner to get a, whatever, you know? So that, that's kind of, I guess what I meant by that. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess my vernacular would be a little bit like my dad says some words funny. My mom, she's German. So like a lot of, uh, household entertainment was my mom trying to say things in English and just like <laughs> messing up like the words. So that's like a great source of entertainment to this day. Like my mom still doesn't know the difference between like a vest and the direction West. <laughs> we're, we're terrible children and always mess with her. If she gets it right, we're like, no, 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 it's the other one. Like, simple stuff like that. <laughs> the Germans, you know, use the W as a V. I mean, come on. Right. right. You know, my, mom, my mom would fucking destroy the English language. I, one, one time she was trying to tell us one, one day when she's retired, but she used retire, retarded instead of <laughs> we had to correct her. It's like, mom, no, you're not going to be retarded. You're going to be retired. She's like, oh, whatever, you fuck dicks. You know, <laughs> the English like I was like, no, mom, call us fucking dicks, <laughs> or you fucks. You know what I mean? Don't call us fuck dicks. <laughs> Think how we don't uh, keep things out because that would have been like beep 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 beep. <laughs> You've cemented your run here as a tag team guy, and uh, do you have 
any goals outside of that? Because it looks like you and, and Juice are having a blast. But as you grow and as your popularity rises, you kind of strike me as a guy that could be the cornerstone of a company. And I, I don't want to use the word doing your time in a tag team. You're growing, you're learning, and I don't want to to belittle it, but it sounds like I am. But as you grow, what are your aspirations? Uh, well, right off the bat, I do have aspirations of one day becoming world champion. So, yeah, uh, at the same time, though, like I have so much fun doing tag matches. Like I really, really enjoy them. Love tagging with Juice. It's a blast. It never feels like work. So, uh, yeah, like I do this until I don't want to do it anymore. And then, like, I guess I guess we part ways maybe or maybe we don't. I don't know. But I do have aspirations of uh, being a world champion somewhere. So, uh uh, obviously with juice like so how did that start how did you get hooked up with juice you know you're you're two guys in in you know working in new japan uh you know but i i guess you call you american even though you weren't born in america w- whatever um how did you guys like how were, were they just like the typical uh you're both foreigners okay so you're gonna get be a tag team or did they see chemistry between you guys or how did that all happen? Well, so we actually ended up just being in, I don't know how much Japanese wrestling you watch, but a majority of the shows are just like six, eight and 10 man tags. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot of people in the ring at one time. Um, and myself and juice, like for every tour and every match, we're always together and like nothing was, we weren't really doing anything by ourselves. So we're like, hey, you know what? Like we're in matches a lot. Why don't we just start doing like tag moves? And then it just kind of grew from there. And eventually, I guess, New Japan, like, saw it and was like, oh, we can do something with them. And then it just kind of, it kind of just happened organically because we saw an opportunity. So well, what about the name Finn Juice? Were you just, were they like, all right, you guys are a tag team, come up with a name. Or did uh, they come up with a name for you? I don't know how that came to be. It just kind of stuck one day and now we're stuck with it. So it, it's, we always joke. It's like, we're like a Hollywood couple, like Brangelina or something stupid <laughs> yeah. like that. So, but we're like, ah, it's whatever, but like we don't have anything better to come up with, so we're finjus for now. <laughs> you know, the, you know, watching you in the early days as a singles over there in Japan and doing the tournament over there, and you got the the that moniker with your uh, sorry, but um, the, the your character has sort of changed over over time. You know, with with the look and everything else, and and obviously you and, and your tag current tag partner. You guys are very, you know, you complement each other very well. Um, is that something, character development for you? Like, where do you get inspired from? Uh, a lot of it's, I don't know. It's more just, I think it's my own, like, growth in my personal life. I've become, it's just like, I try and, like, see what works, see what doesn't. Maybe I get to see, like, something in a movie. I'm like, ah, oh, let me try and do that. Or, like, just old matches. A lot of it's, like, um, picking my dad's brain, too, of, like, hey, like, help me out here. Cause, uh, I just moved to Tampa, but they used to live like 15 minutes away from me. I grew up with a ring in my house. So like a lot of times just go in there and just like pick my dad's brain. My little brother just started wrestling too. So the two of us will go in there. Um, so I, a lot of it comes from my dad's input and a lot of it is just like trial and error and seeing what works and what feels right. What feels natural to me. This whole forbidden door, I kind of want to go back for a second. And outside of the double paydays and being on TV twice, do you feel like it's actually kind of helped your career? Because do you think Impact fans have been kind of open to you? Do you Have you noticed your fan base grow? I, I'm kind of interested in the nerdy side of this. Yeah, so uh, 
I think I've benefited from it a hundred percent. Um, just one is a different audience. Um, and like in, in Japan, I don't get used in a prominent position quite often. So like, it's nice to go and be able to showcase myself a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, like I've noticed like my popularity has grown a little bit, you know, my followers on my social media have, uh, increased and it's really cool to be like one of the, cause with the forbidden door and all that stuff, it's like to actually be in the mix of that is really, really cool. Um, and when it first, like, I feel like we were one of the first people to come over to impact. So it was nice to kind of have some buzz surrounding us for, you know, a week. Um, but yeah, like, I love it. I think it's so cool. If I was like being a wrestling, a fan of wrestling, it's such a cool time to watch wrestling. Cause you just don't know who's going to show up where, what's going to happen. It's like an awesome time wrestling. I feel like wrestling's cool again. Yeah. Pete, I, I got a follow-up question yeah. to that. And have you gotten any feedback from, you know, anybody from new Japan about what you've been doing in impact? Like, Hey, keep it up. Great job. We're watching you, you know, when anything like that. Yeah. It's just been like, yeah, good job. Thanks. <laughs> so, so there's no like, Hey man, can you put in a word for me? Oh, I'm sure there's a ton of, that. Uh, there's been, there's been, there's been a couple of those, but I'm not going to name any names, but yes, we have gotten those. Can you right. a word for PD because he needs some TV. Yeah, I need I need a, I need a job at Impact. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll talk to PD. Okay, all right, thanks. <laughs> um, and I so um, I don't know. This may be a sore subject. So the first thing I think of, like you know, your dad with you know his prominent role like in WWE and stuff like that. So why? I don't know. Maybe I'm ignorant to it or or whatever the case may be. But why not? Like, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Like, why didn't he really like, Hey, I'll get your job in WWE. What, why wasn't that a thing? That look, uh, he just said, he was like, well, everyone that goes there is kind of cookie cutter. Um, so the, I, we came up with a plan since I was like 15. Um, my rice cooker's going off. Sorry. No, no, it's my rice cooker. Uh, yeah. So when I was 15, my dad kind of was like, well, you know, if you want to like actually be good at this, which you're going to need to be good if you want to make money. Like, go to England for a bit, which I did. Go to Japan for a bit. And then if you want to go to the States, go to the States. And, like, Japan in the plan was only, like, a six-month thing. And it's turned into, like, seven years now. But, um, yeah, it was just, like, I don't like doing what everyone else is doing. It was like, oh, I'm going to do something different, you know? Make myself different. Take a, take a path less traveled. Uh, so, it was just, like, it sounded more fun than just going to Florida, you know? And you've had some great teachers, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you tag with your pops for his retirement match? I did. And that was my debut match. Right. Okay. Cause I knew there was something there. And was it Robbie Brookside was. Yes. Oh, it was Robbie man. Brookside and Danny Collins versus me and my dad in a street fight. Right. Okay. So you're getting an introduction like nobody fucking else really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're talking about some legendary dudes right there right so i mean obviously you must have had relationships with your opponents you know over the years because you know um how easy were they on you <laughs> or how uh, easy they i think they were easier on me than i was on them just because like you know, <laughs> 19 years old it's my first match well i'll tell you this, the backstory to it my dad ran i hadn't had a match yet and at that point, I wasn't really like training uh, wrestling too much either because my dad was, you know, gone five days a week on the road. And then I was like, ah, well, you know, he probably doesn't be around wrestling on his two days off. 
So, uh, you know, we would get in there sporadically. But anyways, he um, he was like, hey, I'm thinking about retiring. Do you want to tag with me? And it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm going to say yes because it's the right thing to say, but I don't think it will ever come to fruition. Like 10 days later, he's like, all right, we're going to Germany in two weeks. I'm like, dad, I don't have gear. I don't know how to wrestle. He's like, oh. uh, come with me. So he put me on like a wrestling crash course, basically, and was like, you'll be fine. We ordered like an amateur wrestling singlet because I was an amateur wrestler in high school. So I was like, all right, I'll just wear this. And I've got my old boots. And we ordered some like kick pads off of high spots. And uh, yeah, I got flown out to Germany. And I, poor Robbie, I think I beat <laughs> not knowing any better, but uh yeah, that was a wild night. It was it was a really, really cool moment because my dad is my hero. So just to like, you know, be in the ring with him, his last match, my first match, you know, we hugged it out in the ring. And he was like, the torch has passed. And I don't know. It felt poetic. What yeah. does he think of you now where you are? I mean, you say he talks and you you rely on feedback. Where I guess where he was at your age versus where you are at your age. And he has to, I mean, I don't, I'm not in on the conversations, but he has to draw some sort of comparisons. Is there a measuring stick that you know where he was versus where you are? Uh, there's not really any comparisons. It's kind of hard to compare, you know, like he was, he was a top guy in England and in the UK, he'd get flown out to Japan like once or twice a year. And then, you know, he'd get flown out to like Europe and Germany and stuff like it and wrestle there. It was just like different. It's, it was a completely different world back then. Whereas like my opportunities and being in Japan, I had a bigger career than he did in Japan, but I don't, it's really hard to compare them. We don't really do it too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was the man in England though. And in, in Germany. Uh, so I guess if you're going to compare that, I was, I haven't been elevated to that top spot yet. So I guess he's ahead of me if you're going to really compare it. Listen, I, by the way, I, I'm a fan of your dad's. I still play his character on my Nintendo 64. W. <laughs> so he's, I mean, have you made it into a video game yet? How about that? Let's start there. Uh, have, I think I am in fire pro. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but not, that's like a difficult one. I'm not in like a cool, cool video game that I would actually want to play. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get hooked up with that virtual basement game that they're they're coming out with a, a a game with that. Um, it's supposed to be really good. Anyways, um, that that's that should be your video game aspirations right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, so you know, I, I know your dad said like, "Hey man, if you want to, you know, make it, you know, go to England, Japan, overseas, all that kind of stuff." So how'd you get your start with uh, with New Japan? Um, I. So I was staying with Sumi Sakai yeah. and her husband at the mm -hmm. time uh, while Evil was on his excursion, actually. So we were all living together briefly. And my dad had, like, texted Tiger Hattori, like, oh, can you take a look at my son or whatever? And so he went and had dinner with uh, Hattori. And uh, he was just like, oh, yeah, good-looking kid. All right, you're going to do the Super Juniors. I'm like, what? Wow. So he threw me into the Super Juniors. And, like, I had only wrestled in England at this point and only wrestled for Brian Dixon. So I was wrestling – for eight to 12 year olds on their like summer holidays. So it wasn't like real wrestling yet. So that's like the only experience I really had. So I got thrown into that. Um, actually my first match was with Alex Shelley as well. And I accidentally broke no his foot. No way. Yeah. I broke his foot and he pulled it out of the tournament. Oh, um, he probably hates so, you now. 
no, he's actually super nice to me. So yeah, bad, probably bad mouth to you behind us. But I, you know, I should talk <laughs> shit about Patrick in this. Okay, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, go. so, uh, but yeah, like, so Hattori just randomly was like, ah, uh, yeah, cool, you're gonna do this, and then I guess I did good enough for them to be like, all right, he's got potential, and then they made me a young boy. Well, so, so since you brought up Alex Shelley, what what was it like? That that was probably your first time wrestling him, you know, and I'm yes. sure you've heard of him before. Um, what was it like wrestling him when you first stepped in the ring? Uh, for me, I was so nervous because uh, I used to watch TNA on Thursday nights because that was my parents' date night, and my brother and sister are eight and ten years younger than me, so I would just babysit them. So once they were like in bed, I'd stay up, and that was that was the only wrestling on TV. So like I grew up watching like TNA, so like. I, for me, it was like a cool, like, like, oh, I'm wrestling someone I used to watch when I was, you know, a kid. So, uh, but I was so nervous. So it was like first match in New Japan wrestling this guy that I've seen on TV and I'm only like 21 years old. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. So it was a nerve wracking time. But I mean, I guess I didn't shit the bed too bad. Good. You know, when you were wrestling over in the UK, were they still doing the rounds or was it, was it more just kind of like the American pro wrestling? No, they weren't doing rounds. It was like, uh, imagine doing like a wrestling show for like a kid's birthday party. It was a lot of pantomime and a lot of like, should I hit them? And they're like, yeah. And eventually <laughs> you pay it off, you know? So that was basically it. Well, I guess then my next question is, will you come and wrestle for me at my next birthday party? <laughs> sure. I will come and wrestle for you at your next birthday party. <laughs> well, no, because the reason why I asked, sorry, Dennis, is because, you know, I, you know, for some some wrestling fans, you know, UK England styles, it's a completely different thing. They used to go by rounds, which your dad did, and you know, Robbie Brooks side, and obviously uh, Regal. You know what I mean? And so there's a, there's a whole different style there that they were trying to bring back on NXT. I think they did some sort of tournament tournament, the UK NXT, anyways. And they were trying to educate, even though they had sort of made the rules a little bit different or whatever. Did your dad ever 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 train you or? You know, because you're obviously hanging around with these English legends that did exactly that. I mean, you know, w were you ever schooled in that? Have you ever done a match like that? I've never done a match with rounds. Um, I haven't even done a best two out of three match. But uh, he, I would hear stories from my dad of like how they used to do it. Um, they used to, especially in um, Germany, they used to have the ref in on it. And like somehow they build up to like, my dad would cheat, my dad would cheat, my dad would cheat. And then ref doesn't see any of it. Finally, whoever he's facing cheats, ref catches it. He's a crowd favorite. The referee finds him. And then someone that's drunk in the front row is like, oh, pay is fine. So he gives the money to the referee. And then they all split it three ways afterwards. So that's like the only thing I really heard about rounds. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I think you should try that the next impact tapings. I would yeah. love that. But like now I just ruined the secret. <laughs> nobody watches your this. <laughs> well let's talk about you grow you said you're a wrestling fan what as a fan what did you cut your teeth on uh i did you could you separate your dad as a hero from your dad as a television personality i know uh, a lot about your dad but i feel like it's intertwined no, it's, it's, I mean, it's a big part of me. So it's definitely a lot of questions to be asked. And I love talking about my dad. So, uh, yeah, honestly, like, I didn't realize that there was more wrestling out there until, like, I actually was about to start wrestling. So I would watch Raw and SmackDown um, during the summertime because I always had to go to bed. Um, or I would watch Raw during the summertime and then SmackDown was on. My parents would let me stay up and watch, like, the first hour. I'd have to go to bed because of school. 
But uh, yeah, I like my <laughs> my favorite like actual wrestler growing up when I was like in sixth grade was Eugene because I thought he was the coolest thing. I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> I had a Eugene shirt that I wore to school Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, no. You had no girlfriends, did you? <laughs> no, and I got picked oh, on man. ruthlessly. And okay. I had a bowl cut, and they would call me penis head. So, I had a <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I had a lot of character built in sixth grade. Um, but, yeah, no, that was, you know, I just, I watched Raw. And then eventually once I got to high school, I was like, oh, there's other stuff. Oh, TNA, cool. And I started watching that. And then, like. That's once I really like was like, all right, I want to pursue wrestling. That's when I started watching like world of sport, Japanese stuff, you know, the, all the old CWA stuff my dad used to do in Europe. Um, and just realizing there's so much wrestling out there. So when I, when I first started going over to England, um, uh, you know, it was like 2004 through like five and six or whatever. And, you know, okay. Before I bury English wrestling, l- let me, You've been on a roll tonight with Barry. I know. Let me say some. So the first time I went over there. Sorry, I'm sorry a little bit, David, because this sounds like the typical German interview. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, you. Your first record was good. Now you're old and fat. What happened? (laughs) No, this is the opposite. The first record was bad, and now it's good. So, um, no. When I went over there, I'll, I'll be honest. I was not impressed. I'm like, man, these guys. You know, like. Like the best wrestlers over there were like uh, Johnny Storm and like Jody Fleisch at the time, right? And everything else, I was like, man, this is like, you know, I, I felt like American wrestling and Japanese wrestling was like 10 years ahead of England at the time. Then I go back over there and probably between 2009 and 11, and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, England, like the, the wrestlers in England are like, I felt 10 years ahead of like America and, and, and oh, Japan wow. now. So th- that's how I felt. So when you first started and when you were watching all this English wrestling, did you see, I guess it was an evolution because, you know, now you have like NXT UK and you see all these like English wrestlers coming up now. Did you see that same transition when you were working over there? Uh, I think I was too inexperienced to really look out for that or notice that I went over to England. I had like eight matches under my belt. So I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but yeah, like I, for me, what I noted, there was like when we do shows on Butlins and when we do shows in like town halls, it's the only time I noticed the difference. I was like, Oh, Butlins is like more, you know, like way more crowd work. Whereas like, if you're in a town show, town hall show, like you actually got to like put time in and like work hard and stuff. Um, and that was like the only difference I really, um, noticed. And that was, I was, I was also like, I didn't go to college. I consider that my college year. So most of it was just like, I was just drunk half the time. <laughs> hey, hey, Lars, before you ask your question, I got to say, look out for the new PD Williams is going to bury you shirt coming out soon. Yeah, but I'm going to bury you first. He's so like an undertaker. Seems, He's just burying people. On, it right. says, I will bury you and then put you over big time afterwards. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Head over to Home Depot. Get your PD Williams indoor shovels. Now. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm. I don't know what it is tonight. I'm just. I'm speaking my mind. How I feel. Wow. You know, like that's okay. You know, it's all that therapy is finally working off. I, I guess so. Right. Coming um, to your own. Yeah. Um. Pillars. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm so sidetracked by PD's negativity. I don't have another fucking question. <laughs> no. Hey, no, come on. D- D- well, I know. No, Dave knows me. I'm. 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 I am really negative. At the impact <laughs> taken, so. Well, well I, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though, is like, I've been around juice and his like real grumpy days. He's domesticated now. So he's, he's a different person, but like, you got nothing on him. 
<laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty positive for the most part. Um, yeah. A- anyways, like I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait for the positive PD Williams shirt to come out. You know, <laughs> so it's got, a shovel, it's got a shovel with an anti on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, getting back to Japan, um, one of the things that I noticed just as far as just, you know, obviously there's a big culture difference. Nobody speaks fucking English. Right. Um, you know, for you to maneuver around there, especially as a young boy, like, you know, I've heard stories from other guys over there, but was it, was it relatively pretty hard for you or were you, do you feel like you were well looked after? Um, I, I was well looked after for sure. Um, whether it be, you know, the guys that I was in the dojo with, or just like the older guys, like someone was always looking out for us. Like, that's one thing. Um, the boys definitely took care of the boys. That's how their system works. Is like the guys underneath you, you take care of and they pass it forward um to the guys underneath them um and i think it's a great system like that so like i when i first got there i was i was getting taken out to like all these sponsored dinners that i had no business being there and eating all this like great food that i couldn't afford and it was like i didn't have to pay for anything it was awesome so yeah i got taken really well how many korean barbecues did you go to that's my favorite by the way hundreds hundreds how did much you- how much chow han did you eat i i what's chow han Fried rice, bro. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, no, we. Kahan, Kahan, Kahan. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I, I didn't really like rice at the time. I was like, ah. Uh, well, there's a spot right by the Tokyo Dome. It's like because I I've gone to Kyokin many many times, and there's a spot. It's like my ritual. And anytime I'm there before a wrestling match or after, they got a spot that does this kimchi chahan, and it's oh, like next level, rice. like kimchi so and fried rice. Oh my God. It's just like, it's, it's next level. It's so, so well, because Petey's being so honorary, I'm going to steal one of his questions and leave him out in the lurch. Uh, you kick open the forbidden door and then somehow you hold another company's world tag team championship oh. belts. First of all, I mean, was that in the plans when they said, do you want to go to impact? When did you find out? How did you find out that you were going to be the impact tag team champions? Um, I think we knew the plans coming in. Uh, if I recall correctly, I think Rocky was like, mm, this might happen. Um, but I don't think we like found out for sure until we got there. I think we knew it was like an option. So it was cool to, you know, um, be trusted with that. It's kind of <laughs> when I went back over to Japan, I was like, I feel like this is like one of those like kindergarten projects where you take the teddy bear home for the weekend and you got to bring it back to class. Yeah, that's right. what it you felt like. So it's like. Oh, okay. So I don't know, but it was it was really cool. To me, it was it was a big honor to come in like that, have those put on us, be able to bring them back to Japan, um, and just kind of like represent impact, you know, as like, hey, we're all friends. Yeah, so and I always find it like so I don't think the big deal is like, hey, another company coming in and holding that company's titles it's like hey guess what now you got to lose them so now is there like a political thing where it's like hey our impact guys have to actually beat your new japan guys like was there any conversation there with rocky and stuff or was it just like yeah you know you you won the titles now you gotta you know now you gotta lose them yeah i mean i was never in on those conversations but like if i was that's just the nature of the business you know so like yeah you know you get it knowing you're gonna drop it eventually yeah, I, I just look back at the like, okay, Kenny Omega's holding the impact title for a long time. And it's like, okay, well, 
somebody's got to beat them. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're thinking, so that, that's why I always wonder, it's like, okay, that's no problem. Well, you, like forbidden doors open other talent that's not contracted with comes in wins. But then I always wonder like how the conversation happens where it's like, can he lose and stuff? But you know, I, I, I'm assuming that you guys beat it. Like not you guys, I shouldn't say you guys. Cause you know, we're all together. You're at like every single tapings, man. You're pretty much part of the company now, <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, fun. new Japan beats us. So then we get to beat them. Would you feel like, Hey, like that's how it's going to go in the business. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how it is. You know, like we went on impact, you know, we drop them back to you to the good or whoever. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> was it, it the no, good it brothers? Was, uh, Rhino and Doring. It was Rhino and Doring. Okay. But, okay. uh, yeah, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, you get it knowing like, all right, well, I got to do the honor soon. Uh, that day is coming. So hey, that's just how it is. You know, yeah. like if you start worrying about all that stuff, then I feel like you're kind of just, you know, no, I know product. we don't worry about that because, you know, we're going in there. We're trying to have the best wrestling matches possible. You just exactly. always wonder, like, you know, what happens higher up than us? It's like, yeah. hey, how's this going to go anyways? Yeah, well, I'm interested in that, too. I have no idea how those conversations go. <laughs> Well, you know, you're talking about eventually you wanted to be a world heavyweight champion. And, you know, obviously that can be in, in many places these days because as everybody, as we've been talking about, the Forbidden Door has been just fucking, it's just shit the bed. It's like you can pretty much go to any company. You got Moxley, the GCW champion, but he was also in AEW. You know, you're New Japan mostly, you know, obviously holding the tag, you know, all this stuff's going on. So I'm not, I'm not looking for dirt here, but, you know, how uh let's see how soon do, do you feel like you're going to make that dream a reality like how you know not to break up your tag team right now because you guys I, are I have, I have no idea that's a good question i haven't thought about that um i guess the sooner the better right i like i'm 28 now you know so hopefully within the next few years uh <laughs> would be the time to pull the trigger on that um but I, th I think i have a bit of growing to do before i get to that point and i think impact is giving me that platform to kind of get those reps in and uh we'll see we'll see what the future holds lars basically wrestling headlines everywhere lars names ruby soho lars breaks up fin juice oh <laughs> man i want to be responsible for that i think if, if fin juice breaks up in the next two weeks it's on you Oh, wait. I'll give Lars credit for sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. And then, Petey, I need a fucking writing credit. So talk to fucking what's-his-nuts over there. And make me well, over hold, Jesus. hold on. I'm looking at the uh, the scripts for this next set of tapings, and I see Finn. Oh, you guys aren't going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, breaking news here. Uh, listen I, I, I really am looking at the scripts, but there's <laughs> nothing about Finn Juice. <laughs> breaking up i was just dave i was just checking to see if you're gonna be at the next set of tapings so yeah uh, I am. I yeah, yeah so well, the, you know the only thing I, the only caveat i have to breaking up fin juice is if they do it at my birthday party okay <laughs> cool one you're breaking up you know what i mean and then and we'll do the grudge match as the main event of your birthday party thank you and then you can do your first well, you can I'll, I'll i'll invent my own world title and you can you know you can do a fucking heel turn on your partner because i always like the heels better than the faces and then you're going over, bro. One, two, three. You're going to be like Bungie and SD Jones. It's going to be five seconds. You're in and out. Here's your check. And you're going back to Florida. Perfect. I love it. Sounds good. You should, oh. you should, uh, you should be someone's boss. <laughs> I am. <laughs> they're, they're named Wolfgang and Soren. <laughs> 
we have time for one more question a piece. And I guess I'm going to wrap mine up with uh, how much wrestling do you watch now? I know you're busy. You're in the industry now. Uh, do you consume still a massive ton of it? Um, I So I kind of just like get bullet points, I guess. Uh, yeah. I did watch the last AEW pay-per-view, which yeah. was, wow. to me, that was a breath of fresh air. I, that was an excellent show. Um, yeah, so like, I mean, I, I keep up with what's like popular and what's hot right now, but I'll, like, I don't sit down and try and catch everything. Um, I watch all my stuff, of course. Um, I watch Impact. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I watch it sporadically. Usually I'm just kind of, you know, out. I'm either out on my paddleboard or I'm out sitting in the sun or I'm walking my dogs. Yeah, I, I feel like we're one in the same because, you know, I, 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 I'm sure you don't either. I don't have time to sit there and watch wrestling every single day for two, three hours or whatever. You know, we're not like in our, we're not teenagers anymore or anything, you know, so I, I do the same thing. I watch you know, the bullet points, you know, yeah. whatever, like, you know, the, is trending or whatever. I'll watch my stuff. If I have any stuff out there. And then uh, I did watch uh, the last AEW pay-per-view and I loved it. I know I, we talked about this on the podcast already. Awesome. I hope they could keep it up. They're not like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, blowing their load where it's like, okay, where do we go from now? But I think I, I have so much faith in AEW. I think they'll same they'll they'll kill it right they're they're doing awesome uh my question is though is uh you know who there's no limitations now uh, maybe there is but let's pretend there's not who do you want to wrestle so last time someone asked me this question it was brian alvarez and these are always like hypotheticals so usually i just blurt out the first name that comes to mind so i said kyle o'reilly and i accidentally started a rumor that i was wanting to go to nxt which is not true no, so I'm going to change my answer. Okay, change it. I want John Moxley. Not because oh. I want to go anywhere, but just like give me a bigger name. You know, he keeps showing up in New Japan. He's over in AEW. You know, it's one of those things like I I'm fishing for some big fish here. I want John Moxley because he's a thing. He comes to New Japan. He only fights old guys. You know, <laughs> Why I'm, not not? Impressed, I'm not impressed by that. I was raised by a bad dude. That's not tough. So, yeah, I want John yeah. Moxley. That's great. So why not he face the son of an old guy, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now well, that's going to start rumors, but anyway. Oh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> honestly, like, I hope it does start a fucking rumor because to see the two of you, you're right. He, that's, you know, that is the MO for him there. But, um, you know, he is a tough son of a bitch. And I think you are as well. So I guess my last question, because it was going to be something completely different. What, are you, what, what would you like to say to Moxie? If you could cut a promo on him right now, and kind of lure him into if I the ring. Cut a promo on Moxley. Hey, listen, listen. Here's your moment to shine, kid. All right. Here's the thing. You come into New Japan. You go to wherever you want, and you only fight old men. I don't care if it's an AW. I don't care if it's New Japan. I don't care if it's in my dad's ring in his garage. I don't care if it's in the alley behind a bar. I know for a fact I'm tougher. I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm faster, and I'm hands down a better wrestler than John Moxley. Oh shit. Oh, Way shit. better looking. You have more hair on your head. I mean, you can keep the list going. You support better sports teams than he does. The Reds. What? The, who, who likes the Reds? Yeah. Well, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, I've got a venue. Cool. <laughs> birthday party. August. The birthday party. Yeah, I'll work three times. We'll do the match for me and Juice Breakup. Then we'll do. And I got Fox coming match. in. And then we we'll do an unsanctioned match between me and Moxley. All right. I got it. 
not, not a better idea, a different idea. Let's see. Bound for Glory, October 23rd. Moxley, Finley. All right. At Scott Demore at impactwrestling.com. Okay. Anyways. Did you just actually write his email down? That's the most old man thing I've ever seen someone do. I don't remember it off the top of my head, even though I remembered it off the top of my head and wrote it. But <laughs> Nice. Uh, listen, where can people find you? Because I want them to support you like I'm a big fan of yours now. And hopefully after this interview, so many more people will come flock and, and come watch your stuff. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at the David Finlay. My Instagram is at super, super Dave. I got a pro wrestling tea store like every other wrestler um yeah that's pretty much it you should you should start putting up like pd williams buried me <laughs> but then i'd have to give him a cut yeah. <laughs> i'll i'll hey, let you keep it all man i don't need the perfect, money. perfect. Hey, 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 listen dennis he came here to make money yeah yeah hey he's, RP, he, he pete doesn't need the money he's living off the pd williams money Honestly, yeah. you're the only motherfucker on this podcast that has not offered david a booking what me no, not you, Petey. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you work at the company he works for. I've offered him a birthday party. I said, Dennis is. The oh, only okay. But well, technically, I, technically, Dennis kind of booked me for this, though, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, are you getting paid? Be a really weird. Oh, oh, yeah. What's up, Dennis? Am I? Yeah. Are you getting paid? Are you going over? Do you get to leave with the world championship? I don't know. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, uh, I didn't hear any of that either. Now I'm reconsidering that you booked me. Yeah. You, what's up, Dennis? All right. <laughs> It's going to be a really weird booking. It's going to be me and you hanging out in my living room uh, for four to six hours, right. wrestling some video games. I don't know if you're a gamer or not. I can be for four to six hours. Four okay. to six hour time limit draw. All right. Yes. Like. <laughs> um, close on. Definitely. <sighs> Put that in there. Or, or we can be in our tights. I'm open to that. Okay. Uh, no, no boundaries here. Uh, some dinner. I, I, you know, I can sponsor dinner you. I will make you a championship belt and you can leave here as the Dennis Farrell Invitational World Championship of sitting on the couch watching wrestling and playing video games. Hey, you know what? When I knew I wanted to be a wrestler, I knew that was my goal since day one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Thank you so much for yeah. just being awesome towards the show, being awesome towards me. You are an amazing, nice guy and I want people to know that about you. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Uh, I'm happy to come back on anytime. Oh, you guys wrestling perspective. Thanks for hanging out. Dave Finley. Thanks for sticking around. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, subscribe anywhere, everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Have a good night.